From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Hey, welcome, 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 welcome. Another edition of the Blues Day Recap. This is Steve. Going to discuss everything I can think of around the world of sports on a summary level with the major team sports. It's a lot to discuss, and I don't know if I can even even get everything in detail within an hour. So I'm going to jump into this right away. I mean, the name of this episode is the Major League Soccer plus the Apple TV. Is this the future of sports? Of course, also with that, the college basketball tournament season is upon us. We're going to talk about that, as well as all the pro sports, uh, the NBA, the NHL, NFL, Major League Baseball. So let's get right into it, man. Let's get right into it. So like I said, um, Major League Soccer, I am very intrigued on what they're doing. And if you're not, a lot of people are not big soccer fans in this country per se, American-born Americans. Uh, if you are probably um, a, a, an immigrant from this country who's you know who's come over, and I don't want to make a bad assumptions, or if you're a transplant of say you were from one city and you moved to another, uh, along the way you probably you probably are a casual, embraced American soccer type of fan. I'll be honest, when I was growing up, I was never a soccer fan per se. I understood the sport, of course. I watched the World Cups in the 90s as a kid, and never, it was just never appealing to me. Never never was, never caught my eye. I used, I used to go to sleep, take naps during the World Cup back in the 90s, see, just to see one nothing game, zero-zero game. You know, I didn't think anything of it, okay? But I got to say um, – I, my appreciation of the sport, I say the last six years of Major League Soccer, or just soccer in general, put MLS to the side, but soccer in general, I, I appreciate it more as a middle-aged man who's more cognizant and self-conscious of my health. And I think because of that alone, or the major reason why with soccer I, I I respect the sport for what they do and why they do things the way they do, and it's the ultimate world sport. I think that's that in boxing or so, something like that or MMA fighting. I'll get into that as well. Um, it, it, soccer is the ultimate conditioning sport, and and I think it's starting to be embraced a little bit more. Year after year, it's still not where I think they want it to be because it's not the Premier League. When we were talking about Major League Soccer versus the Premier League, I said this on the last Blues Day recap, but Major League Soccer is is going in steps. I think it may induce the, uh, the, the future of sports, and you start to see that as well with the NFL, with the Thursday Night Football package, with the Amazon Prime Video uh, discuss this with different sports fans on their opinion. It's really fascinating because you get a, a, a wide range of, of different opinions on how it's being brought to the viewership of the fan. Uh, first of all, let's, let's talk about what Major League Soccer did coming into the 2023 20, season. It started last summer 
where they broke a deal with Apple TV Plus for the next decade that their games are going to be exclusively on Apple TV. Um, that means if you want to watch Major League Soccer, uh, you have to subscribe. There's, there's two, pretty much two package plans. You have to either already be a Apple TV Plus a subscriber. You probably get a small discount for like what twenty bucks or so, twenty bucks off. Or if you have none of that, you're coming into that barrier raw as far as you don't have a subscription. It's about $100 a year to watch every game. And it's one of those things I think is fascinating because it's like a two-step backward, four-step forward type of approach. Meaning, soccer in this country, since its inauguration in 1996, I think, I think that's the year they came in. They haven't fully grabbed every American fan like they like football got like the NFL has fans today or college football or those are the big sports or the big leagues or the big circuits for sports fans in this country is probably college football, NFL. Those are the two major ones, right? Then it's, you got your NBA, you got MLB, which is dying. It's, it's like everybody's were trying to replace major league baseball of the 70s, 60s, 50s, and the 80s. Like football is king in this country in America where I think major league soccer is taking steps to get a wide, they already tried the American fan for like the last 20 years. Uh, since they came into, you know, they, they broke ground in 1993. The league started in 1996, you know, get the operations up and running. And they, I think they had like 10 teams to start. Now there are three times more of the teams now. You have like 30 plus teams, uh, two, you know, especially teams in Canada and United States. Um, so with this Apple TV, I think for the last several years, there was always this blackout for the casual fan or even just the regular fan. Finding games on TV was always hard to find because they were across multiple networks. It would have been on ESPN. It could have been on Fox. Just week to week, finding games was just a chore in itself. And on top of that, dealing with local blackouts. You had to deal with the blackout rules um, for the casual, not even just for the casual fan, but just all fans in general, just looking for the game. If you were in a local market, it, the game may be blacked out, and you're asked out of as far as watching the game on TV unless you actually pay the ticket and go to the game. Some people just choose to watch it at home, and that's fine, right? So what soccer has done with Apple TV, they did for the they, since last summer. They said for the next ten years, starting with the 2023 season, Apple TV. Uh, all games on Apple TV, uh, if you get the ML, ML, uh, MLS season pass, you can watch every game. Uh, you, you know, you have a, uh, you can watch it in a grid type of situation. You can go back and forth. So what, for the first two weeks of this season, you know, we just, Rome was done with the conclusion of week two. I think there's one or two games left by the time I'm doing this recording. Week one was a, you know, a, see how it was going to go. You know, me, I am not an Apple TV, per se, subscriber uh, of the MLS package. Like, uh, I wasn't at week one. I got it on and on week two because I wanted to see these games because I, I really liked the production of what they were doing. It was clean. It was all in one place. Remember, I was saying how soccer, you could not find these games week to week for the last 20 plus years there were if you came across it random on fox if you came across it on espn but now every game is literally on one app 
and it's all right there, all laid out, interface, clear-cut UI, fantastic production from what I've seen over the last two weeks of the games. And what they've done, starting with week one, they had the, the game on the major network, Fox, and I think that game was the Nashville game. Nashville had played, uh, they, had, they had their home opener versus NYCFC. And then the next slot, that was at the 4.30 p.m. slot on Saturday, and then, then they had a whole bunch of 7.30 p.m. games after that. 7.30 p.m. games, you could have watched it on the Apple TV app. Now, here's the thing. or, or the, uh, Yeah, the Apple TV app. But they, if you didn't have the package, you're asked out. There was no way around, there was no way around it. So, so they, they tried their, I guess they could say they tried their best to reach the casual fan in this country. I would consider myself a casual soccer fan. I'm not a diehard. I'm not a, a guy who's latched onto the team, or I don't have a team per se like I do with the traditional sports here in this country. So, but I am a fan of what they're doing. I am a fan of the sport in general. I get to follow the players. I get to follow the teams. I get to follow the games and understand how, uh, how the fans operate. And, 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 and I really believe it's a very good product. And I'm going to tie it into two other sports in a few minutes on what capitalism is really about. And I'm not trying to go down this political route, but the point is the open market always decides. It always decides. Major League Soccer is one of them. So... Um, let me get back to that point, but I do want to run down what happened uh, over the last two weeks where LAFC had their uh, season opener yesterday. They are the defending champs. They are the team. They were the best team last season. They beat the Philadelphia Union in the championship. Uh, they had their home opener. Uh, they would have played last week versus the LA Galaxy, a team who has won multiple uh, Major League uh, Soccer Championship Cups. Uh, they were supposed to have their game last week, the Battle of L.A. at the Rose Bowl, but the game was postponed because of snow. Remember, they had the, the crazy weather in Los Angeles where they, yeah, um, the conditions were just terrible. So they couldn't get that game, which would have been a good look because the Rose Bowl holds 100,000 plus. Um, but anyway, the game's canceled. So uh, week two is pretty much we're in the middle of week two as I'm airing this episode. And the first game of week two was the defending champion LAFC versus the Portland Timbers. And, and of course, LA, LAFC doesn't disappoint. Uh, they won the game 3-2. to two. They were up 2 nothing in this game. Um, led by, of course, Carlos Vela. I think he had got the second goal. I was watching that game. It was on the Apple TV app and as well as Fox, both games on both locations. Uh, uh, Giorgio Cellini had the first goal, and Carlos Vela had the, uh, the second goal off of a penalty kick. Uh, they win that game. Nice home opener. Um, and also, you got to look at it from a perspective when I say capitalism always rules. The open market always decides. Well, listen, there's a, re- <laughs> there's a reason why Will Ferrell, the comedian, the actor, is an owner of the LAFC. <laughs> You follow the money, ladies and gentlemen. Follow the money. Follow it. That's where it all begins. Um, there's a reason why the Greek freak of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, the NBA player, the MVP player, the NBA champion from two seasons ago, 
There's a reason why him and his brothers are have ownership stake in the Nashville FC soccer club. There is a reason for this. Or Magic Johnson, per se, has ownership in the soccer club. There's money to be made on this. And Apple is forking up a lot of money. The salaries are going to be appealing. And, oh, one more thing about this Apple TV uh, deal for the next 10 years. Remember how the casual fan in America is not embracing soccer like that? Uh, It's kind of twofold because you have – this is where I think this is really a growing sport and it's fascinating. And they've been making revenues and profits. I looked it up. This is a growing sport. There's money's made every year uh, since they've been in in 1996, but even the last decade, especially adding all these new teams. I talked about it on the last Blues Day recap. Look at all these teams adding teams like FC Cincinnati, Austin, Nashville, Charlotte, uh, Atlanta, uh, Inter Miami. Uh, the new NYCFC team. I mean, these are new, newer teams. Um, LAFC just came into the league in 2018 and just won the championship. There's it, it, definitely more, you know, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo. Like, there's te- these teams are a little bit newer. Uh, Columbus. It, I, and here's the thing. This was, makes it really fascinating. And I said this about fans who leave their area, if you're from Chicago, if you move to Texas, or if you're from New York, you move to Florida or some shit, if you're from, I don't know, you could be from the Midwest and move to, you know, anywhere in Texas, down south, um, shit, uh, just, just, just pick areas in, in, in the sense. The point I'm trying to say is, if you are the, like, if you're a Gen X fan or a millennial fan like me, and you are you relocated out of the state. You left New York. You went to Texas. You left. You know how you got Giant fans, or you know, on the NFL perspective, who are from New York. They live in Texas, but they still rock with the Giants, or they may move to Florida, still rock with the Giants, or or the Knicks, or whatever. If you're from Chicago, you move to Arizona, but you're still a Cubs fan. You never converted to the Diamondbacks. This is where Major League Soccer has reached out to these a lot of these. Fans, especially younger fans, who don't have ties with you know, like traditional teams, or they may rock with the traditional teams, but they live in a new area. The soccer is the replacement. That's their new team to the team that they move. So if you're from Chicago and you move to LA, and you don't, and you know, you may be a Chicago Cub fan, a Bulls fan, whatever. But you ain't, you're not rooting for the Lakers. You're not rooting for the Rams or anything like that. You're, you're saying, hey, you know, this soccer team, this, at least I live here now in L.A. Let me be an LAFC fan. The tickets are not as expensive as um, the NFL. It's a once-a-week product. Like, you can go to the games on Saturday because, you know, football is on Sunday. Traditional football, American football is on Sunday where soccer, football is on a Saturday. I can go and, you know, tailgate, and it's the same shit as the tailgate setup. It's no different than the football for college football and pro football. You have an opportunity when you move around the country to latch on to a new team, a different sport, and gradually grow organically like that. And that's where MLS has a big advantage, even over the traditional sports. That's where they have the bigger advantage. That's why they're growing. It's, and it's, and it's, the price level, the market level is fair enough for the for the fan to be a consumer and wrap their um, uh, the fandom around it. 
Now, I got to go back to this because I got to tie this in with the WNBA, the XFL. And remember, remember how I said football is king in this country? Remember how I said football uh, has taken over baseball and pro football and college football has taken over Major League Baseball? Major League Baseball was at once was America's pastime. Now that belongs to college football, belongs to pro football. Well, obviously... There's a monopoly on American football called the NFL, college football, however you want to look at it. We all know there are different levels of it. One's amateur, one's professional, right? Well, look at the XFL, and they're re- trying to get back into the game of alternative football, like what the USFL was in the 80s. And remember, the USFL had their own season as well just recently. Now, why does it seem like they don't have what the MLS is doing? I don't like XF. I think the XFL games are broadcasted on ESPN and ABC, right? I don't feel or I don't think they have the power what the MLS is doing with Apple TV. And this is this is another thing I want to mention. Because of the no blackouts, no more, everything's on one app. You could go worldwide with it. So if you're in Africa, Nigeria, or or South Africa, anywhere, you could be in Asia, you could be anywhere in the world, as long as you have the Apple TV app for $100, you don't have any blackout information. You could watch the games anywhere in the world on that Apple app now. That's how connected it makes the world now. It's one of the, like I said, the casual fan kind of loses out if you were used to finding these games on Fox, used to finding these games on ESPN throughout the years since the inaugurated season of 1996. But now you could be anywhere in the world, airport, different country. You know when these games come on, you could just log on to the app from your phone, laptop, tablet, whatever, and catch these games. That's big. That's big. huge. Uh, for the sport going forward, and 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 honestly, I think the production is pretty damn good. I I watched it for the last two weeks. I watched opening week last week. I watched a lot of the games, and I'll talk, tell you what I saw in, the, in these past games that were pretty good uh, from Saturday. And I haven't even watched an ounce of the XFL, not once. I could even tell you what. And I love football. I love American football, traditional pigskin. I don't have a clue what the hell is going on in the XFL because I've been wrapped up with all day watching MLS content. It, it's been, it's been, the production's fantastic. I, I love it. I really do. It's really simple. It, it's really easy to find. And, and for that football to be America's pastime, they're not out, they're not out competing the MLS from what I've seen thus far. So why do I bring up the WNBA? Well, because remember, for so what the last several years, the 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 big you know the talking points on you know with fans and media outlets and so on and so forth of how they're not being you know the equal pay and they're not they're not as treated as well as the NBA. Remember what I said at the beginning: the open market always decides. So, if when people are trying to compare the WNBA versus the NBA. Right, I just say unfair comparison. Well, strength alone, we all know more people, of course, watch the NBA. Of course, support and buy the merchandise of the NBA players. They love the slam dunk. That's what sells to 
that casual fan or even diehard basketball fans, this is a product that has earned since what the eighties of the marketability of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, pass it on to Michael Jordan now, on to Kobe and LeBron James, and now Stephen Curry's generation. Uh, the WNBA never really had a buzz with the casual fan. I don't even think they have a, a, a buzz with, with they're even their own diehards. I mean, you've seen teams fold. You see teams move arena to arena because of operating costs. Um, they play in the middle of summer. They're really competing with more so Major League Baseball because the WNBA seasons in the summer where the same period MLB is, as well as MLS. That's why I say MLS is more of the competitor of the WNBA than it is the NBA because they, the NBA is a, is a fall spring sport, fall winter spring sport where the WA is predominantly summer. They don't play – so when the NBA Finals conclude, that's when the WNBA seasons begin, right? So here's why I say the MLS and the WNBA are, are more a, a, a fairer comparison. Because obviously, like I said, MLS was inaugurated in 1993. Season kicks off 1996. WNBA's inaugural season started 1997. So in age – they're both those league both of those leagues have started at around the same time. We all know WNBA has been very public. Their players, even NBA players have been public and they're wrong about this as far as quote unquote equal pay and, and perks and things of that nature, but the WNBA has been a league of losing profit where the MLS has been gaining profit. They've been making money. And they've got a lucrative TV deal. The NBA funds the WNBA as far as keeping the operating costs going. Why, the MLS and WNBA came on around the same time. So why does MLS have the, the Apple, uh, the Apple um, subscription deal for the next 10 years, a couple of billion dollar deal, and they're paying their players more in salary, they're selling more merchandise. Remember, listen to what I said. You have a lot. We live in a country where people are moving around all the time because you can be someone who's from Chicago. You could be someone who's from Cleveland and relocate out west, down south, Florida, out east. You don't have to latch on to the team back at home. You can actually be a fan of going, you know, once a week. You know when the games are. To get, for the most part, most games are Saturday, and then you have some of these midweek games on a Monday or a Wednesday randomly. But it's easier to find than it is a WNBA schedule where it's just like set up like the NBA where games are sporadic. You don't know when these games are. Unless you look at the schedule, you have to know when they play by looking at the schedule. But you definitely know MLS is every Saturday, like college football. Every Saturday, you know their games are. And you could go to one particular place and find where these games are and watch it. And on top of that, if you don't do that, you could actually show up to the games and you're going to get an all-day fun fan experience through the tailgate, something the WNBA does not have for the fan experience. And it's a totally different sport because you know when you're watching the WNBA, you already know there's a superior product in the NBA when it comes to dunking, athleticism, scoring ability. You, you know that you probably will rather watch college basketball instead 
uh, or even the high school basketball with this national high school basketball championship coming up at the end of March. So you have a lot of that going on with the WNBA that they, they, they can't even compete with Major League Soccer right now. So I got to bring that up. I'm going to have to bring this up on another uh, recap. I just want to tie those in because, like I said, the market always sells. It always sells, no matter what. People are buying what they're selling with the MLS. It's going to be a worldwide product. They are setting the stage for the pro teams on how what maybe the NFL does with this Amazon Prime Thursday night experiment, because that's what that is with the NFL. It's an experiment. NBA may go that route because they're lucrative with TNT and ESPN. NHL's tied up with um, with the NHL, and they, I don't think they quite figured it out what MLS has done. They cut out the casual fan of week one, but now they, they're starting to show free games, multiple free games this past week through the uh, – as long as you had an Apple ID, uh, an account, you had access to the games. That makes it real good. You may not get every game, but you've got a good chunk of games, and I'll talk about that right now. I just talked about it 10 minutes ago with LAFC with the 3-2 win over the Portland Timbers. The defending chance, defending it. You look at the crowd, and people are having a good time. It's loud, it's raucous. It is entertaining to watch. Um, I watched a lot of the Inter Miami game over, you know, because I'm paying attention to who's going to be legit and who's not. And I really believe the Philadelphia Union is probably going to win the, uh, the cup. They are a threat, but they lost last night to Inter Miami, and I saw um, that game, and Miami played pretty well. Uh, with Robert Taylor had a great goal to make it two nothing. He had to bump off his chest and had the shot at the corner of the post and to make that two nothing. He had the assist uh, from the M- former MVP of the Atlanta United, Joseph Martinez. And I remember he they, he was an MVP. They won the, the cup in 2018, and I think he tore his ACL the very next year. And the Atlanta United has never been quite the same. Very good game into Miami. Uh, two nothing. I think they played two home games and they're uh, they, they beat up on the Philadelphia Union, who's a threat in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Columbus game last night. Uh, Columbus won two nothing over the DC Revolution. Uh, you know, DC they just beat Toronto in Week One, and that was a very good game at the very end as well. Very dramatic ending for them with a very late goal, but Columbus won. Two two nothing. Uh, both of those Columbus goals coming from uh, Lucas Zalarian at the tenth minute and the forty fourth minute. Uh, so Columbus is a very good team too. Remember two years ago they were a powerhouse as well. Columbus, listen, college, a lot of these, a lot of these um uh, college uh, these MLS franchises like the Columbuses, they're at you know the capital of Ohio. That's where Ohio State is. Look at where Austin is. The, uh, it's in the capital of Texas, where the University of Texas is. See, they're really doing a very good job bringing in a lot of these, going to these college-like towns and, built, and putting a major league franchise there. Very smart, strategic way of bringing in younger generational fans. You can't reach the generational X fans. You can't really reach the millennial fan or even the baby boomers. They're on the wear out. Nothing against them. We're just talking about age. MLS is looking future. They put putting their product. They're putting these franchises in in, in centralized location where the young fans are. 
And that's why Columbus is popular. This is why I'm looking at these games, uh, Austin, Columbus, uh, LAFC. Uh, they're in warm weather, for the most part, warm weather environments. Nashville, there's a lot of colleges down in, in, in Nashville. Uh, the new St. Louis City team is going to be buzzing. I saw that new stadium when I went to St. Louis last summer for the Yankees. These, these, they have a way of marketing to younger fans. It, get, it gives them something to do, and it's something to latch on when you're away from college, away, uh, you're you're away from college, and you may be staying in the new city. That's your new team. The, the, the jerseys are pretty damn cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, Columbus. That's that. That's a, another way to look at it. Austin FC. Remember, they lost the week one versus that new St. Louis team at at their house, a powerhouse team as well. They got that late goal in the eighth. 88th minute uh, last night uh, by Maximiliano, Maximiliano Nicholas at the 88th minute to win that game. St. Louis, the, the new team of the <laughs> the new team of the league, first home game ever at that new City Park Stadium in St. Louis. They won three to one over Charlotte. How about that, right? Now I was watching a little bit of the um, San Jose Vancouver Whitecaps game last night. I turned away from it. Uh, I saw Vancouver get the one nothing uh, lead. Uh, very good goal, uh, making one nothing. But San Jose comes to find out the Earthquakes came back in and took the lead and won the game two to one. I went to the UFC fight. Now I ain't go. I ain't physically go to the fight. I mean, I turned to watch the UFC 285 uh, John Jones fight card, and I, I stopped watching soccer for the game. I had a fantastic day watching soccer. Uh, speaking of the UFC, see, that's another thing. and I don't think I have enough time to discuss this in depth like I would like to, but you saw in back-to-back weekends where boxing has taken a, 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 a turn where social media influencers are driving the sport more so than your traditional fighters. Like a guy like Jake Paul, who had a big fight versus uh, Tommy Fury out there in the Middle East. And that was just last Sunday. And people are tuning in to watch that because boxing for a long time, decades, has dropped the bag, dropped the ball, because guys like Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford cannot come to an agreement to have a fight. This is why that sport is losing viewership. This is why other sports like Major League Soccer is going on a turn and and getting viewership because people want to watch sports. This is why Major League Baseball is changing the rules to get fans in the seats like pitch count. A lot of those games have been four hours long. They're saying, we got to speed this thing up so we can get fans to get back in the seats at a decent price. They want to spend all day four-hour games watching Yankees, Orioles, or Cubs, and, and Diamondbacks. They want to see these games be done in, in a reasonable hour, and they're competing against these newer sports like the UFC, another sport that's always delivering on fights bringing up fight cards. Every It seemed like every week they got a goddamn fight card, right? Major League Soccer with the subscription is making it easier for fans like even me to watch these shits, man. So I just wanted to uh, touch up on that when it comes to the soccer. Man, that was a lot, man. <laughs> Wasn't that a lot? That was damn near the whole show. Let me see if I could get through everything else uh, before we go, man, man, that was like 28 minutes on that, man, I'm sorry about that, man, there was so much to discuss, college basketball, I got, I got to get to this real quick, because I don't know what the hell is going to, going to go on with college basketball for the NCAA tournament, 
uh, smaller schools or smaller D1 schools are going through the conference championships right now and concluding with that where the big uh, big uh, conference championships are going to be this week, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Big East, things of that nature. Big East tournaments start Wednesday. Um, and listen, I, can't, I don't know what the hell to believe. <laughs> I think that's what makes the parity very good. Uh, Final Four is in Houston, I believe, this year, right? So, you know, when, you, when you're starting to believe one team's going to pull away from the pack and somebody else pulls them back. So Alabama had a very good game earlier this week versus in-state rival Auburn Tigers. They, it was an overtime game, a game that Auburn should have won. They were leading. They lose the lead. They lose the game in overtime. Then Alabama, the Crimson Tide, who was the number two team in the in the in the in the in, uh, in, in, in the country, they lose to Texas A&M over the weekend. So they so like, damn. When you're starting to believe Alabama and what they're going to do, they fall. Kansas, another school. They lose to Texas. Uh, they fall to the Texas uh, Longhorns. A pretty good team, but they lost that game. Well, Purdue, they were riding high early all year, but I never, I never bought their stock. To be honest with you, Purdue is a team. It just seemed like they could be clipped off. They have, they have a problem with athletic teams. They've struggled over the last. What they lost Maryland. They lost Northwestern, Indiana. They're having troubles, and I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten, to be honest with you. So Purdue's slipping. The thing about the un, the unsung school that's in all this, they haven't played anybody, and that's the Houston Cougars. They're the reason why they're top in the in the, in the top two for college basketball because they ain't no, they got nobody in the conference USA. They 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 could just run through that conference. They're pretty much what Gonzaga has been in the in the Big West or whatever that is. So Houston is is probably going to be number one team by default because they don't play nobody. Now, what they do in the what they do in the tournament that that they're going to be tested, and they they could get clipped off because they play. Well, here's the thing: they play a style where it's a lot of defense, a lot of rebounding, low scoring, and they haven't played anybody. Haven't really been tested. And, and I remember early in the year they played Alabama, and Alabama beat them. They went to the, Alabama, went to Houston, and beat them in their own house. The Big East tournament starts Wednesday, and I'm going to be definitely paying attention to that because this is a you know a loaded middle of the pack type of conference where you have, you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to be seeded from three to let's say eight nine in the NCAA tournament. Marquette, Xavier, Creighton, uh, Providence, Connecticut, Villanova. These are some pretty good teams, pretty good teams that could do some do well um, in the tournament. I think, you know, I think my team, the UConn Huskies, what a fucking weird season that they had. It, it, and, and I want to buy their stock, but I really believe Marquette is really the more solid and more consistent team this year. Um, I think Marquette's going to win the championship, but it would not surprise me if UConn and Xavier has something to say. I'm not quite sure about Creighton. Xavier is pretty good, I believe. I really do think they're a solid team. UConn had the most weirdest season I ever seen out of NCAA team from this perspective where they went into the season unranked. They got as high as number two in the standings because they really won a lot of good games versus good teams in that Phil Knight Nike tournament in Oregon earlier in the year. 
they got as high as number two, and then by the time they started playing their Big East schedule, all the aforementioned teams that I mentioned started beating. I remember watching the Providence game, and Providence couldn't miss that night at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. They lost to Marquette. They lost to Xavier. They struggled versus – they lost to Seton Hall in Newark, um, Creighton. Now, UConn's been playing well as of late. What, seven? They won the last seven out of eight. They had just beat Villanova, who could not make a shot in Philadelphia uh, Saturday night. Um, it really comes down to Jordan Hawkins and, and Tristan Newton, who I'm not confident in, and that's why I reserve my thoughts. Because when he's on, when Newton's on, they look like the best team in the country because they have all the tools. Point, he would be their point guard. Jordan Hawkins is probably one of the better pure shooters in the, in the country. And Sadogo, but the problem is Sadogo is in and out. He, he should be the best center in the country, but he doesn't bring in every night. Well, Marquette has pieces, guys who play hard for Shaka Smart every night. And I, I would believe in Marquette before I believe in Connecticut, to be quite honest with you. So in the college basketball landscape, that's um, – you know, you have UCLA as well out west in the Pac-12 where they have a very good team as well. They just beat Arizona. Arizona's pretty good. But uh, well, Javi Marquez, they have a very, very good team. That I think that might be my sleeper in the NCAA uh, tournament, the UCLA Bruins. But we will see. Now, also, I mentioned earlier in the year, I mean, early in the year, early in the, <laughs> this episode about the high school basketball national championship. This is very, very, very long overdue. This should have been done 50 years ago, 40 years ago, whenever. Now we're going to see high school basketball players, teams on a national landscape in a tournament of who's the best high school basketball team in the country. I'm Definitely going to be watching that because this what leads up to who's going to what school uh, in D1 or, you know, you know, in the future. You get to see right now, like, you know how you watch college basketball, you kind of know if you're not watching YouTube highlights of, of their college, uh, high school tape, you actually could see some of this as far as, okay, if this guy's going to go to Marquette or if this guy's going to go to Miami or North Carolina – you have a glimpse, okay, i seen this guy play a little bit in high school. I think, I, you know, you're getting a little bit of familiarity on some of these high school players, and I think that's a very good thing. Let me jump to the NBA real quick. Um, man, so much to talk about, right? Oh, like, listen, I, listen, the Clipper-King rivalry for the last, last couple of Fridays has been pretty damn good. Now, they don't play no defense in the NBA now, which sucks. You know, that's that's bothersome, right? But the Clippers uh, lost back-to-back Fridays to the Kings, the Sacramento Kings. Um, one game was 176 to 175 in double overtime. Um, we saw the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant. I seen him play the game in Charlotte. Uh, I think he had 20. He had 20 points in both games, and then they just played the Bulls on Friday. Easy win over the Bulls. Um, Phoenix is going to be making a run. I saw the Denver game versus uh, the Denver Nugget game versus John Morant, where that's right before John Morant went on IG Live with the gun situation. I'll, I'll quietly, I, I'll quickly gloss over that because um, the point is with with the Western Conference, the Nuggets. It's, this is their time. Michael Porter Jr. is playing well. Jamal Murray's playing well. Of course, Jokic is going to get his third MVP three in, in a row, but first time as a, a top seed in the West. 
Uh, this is their time to come out of the West. Um, this is their window. I'm not saying it's closing, but they're at their they're they're pretty much at their peak of what they're going to be as a collective roster with Jamal Murray and, and Jokic at the helm or at the top. Um, on the NBA's NBA front, and of course in the East, I saw Philadelphia beat the uh, the Bucks. That was a pretty good game by Harden, Maxi, and Embiid. Um, to go into Milwaukee and, and win that game. They stole that game, actually. They were down 18 in that game. And I was watching all that in the midst of uh, all the soccer I watched, right? <laughs> and then in the NHL, there's a whole bunch of trades, a whole bunch of trades. Oh, oh but let me, before I go back to the NHL, the NBA, that John Moran situation is really interesting. And that's a, that's more of an Azul unfiltered type of discussion. I don't want to – I can't get on him right now on a Blues Day recap. That's Azul unfiltered type shit uh, as far as brandishing the gun on IG Live. It's pretty much – Stupid shit, you know that that deeper conversation. I can't really get to that right now, but um, the Memphis Grizzlies, um, they, they that was a good game versus the, the, the Denver Nuggets. That was that was a close game, so Denver pulled away. But they're going to need John Moran, obviously. You know, remember they had that great record without John Moran last year. But you know, you're still going to need him in the playoffs, of course, uh, if you're going to really do something. Uh, oh yeah, NHL trades. I mean, every fucking team in the NHL and hockey, they especially in the East, is stocked up. And now, first of all, in the West, I saw Dallas destroy the Colorado Avalanche. I still believe the Colorado Avalanche are still the team in the West. I don't care if Vegas is up. I don't care if Seattle is up. I don't care if Dallas is up in the standings or Winnipeg. I think it, it all goes to Colorado because they they're the defending champs and they had the injuries. Everybody's coming back. So it's really about the Colorado situation, Colorado Avalanche out west. We're in the east, where they're taking players from these teams in the west, and Boston's loaded. Tampa Bay stocked up with some reinforcement on their bottom line. Toronto added like six new pieces. You already talk, you know how we do with the Rangers, and the, you know we talk about that with Patrick Kane. They haven't gotten a win yet, but we'll talk about that on Tuesday with the Ring Podcast from Ranger Proud, and of course. Um, Oh uh, damn! I was just oh yeah, the Devils. You know they stocked up as well. Man, that is a loaded, loaded Eastern Conference with the top six in each division, and of course the teams that are trying to make the playoffs got some pieces as well, like the Islanders and and um, the Buffalo Sabers are trying to make a noise, and the Denver, uh, Denver, the Detroit Red Wings. So that's that on the NHL, man. It's a lot of trades and uh, Boston looks very good. I, I I'm not quite sure if I'm fully buying them yet and how they beat up on the Rangers on Saturday in Boston. But I got to see a little bit more. I got to see more chemistry. got to see more guys, not only for my team, but just how they mess. There's a big game today here on Sunday Colorado, uh, with, with, with Tampa Bay and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going to definitely uh, tune into that. Last last topic, I'll, 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 uh, maybe last two. Uh, NFL Combine, I was watching a little bit of that. You know, the NFL does a great job of um, making it a, a year-round sport, and the combine is the glue of making it year-round. So kudos to them. You get to get to get familiar with who's coming out of college, who's declaring themselves for the draft. You know, it, it doesn't take away from game film, of course, but you still get that familiarity with who's going to do what, man, right? Last topic, Major League Baseball. A lot of guys are getting hurt, man. A lot of guys are getting hurt in the spring training. You know, going into it with Steven Strasburg and 
Jacob DeGrom, Joe Musgrove just got hurt, Jordan Alvarez from the champion uh, Astros got hurt, Tyler Glass now, uh, Gavin Lux of the Dodgers tore his ACL. Uh, the, pit, now, this, the injuries are piling up early and often for baseball, and I know you don't want that co- competing against Major League Soccer, like, like I said, because Major League Soccer is damn near all year round itself, in itself anyway. But um, listen, I like what Major League Baseball has been doing with this pitch count. It's been fun to watch. The games are fluid, and I think most fans like that aspect of the rules change for baseball, man. I really do. Well, I hope you enjoyed what I, you know, you know, my thoughts, man. I, you know, I'm definitely going to ask fans on their thoughts on this Major League Soccer, Apple TV deal, uh, 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 and how this affects sports as well. I hope you, you know, I, I didn't get to drill down on everything. It's so much to cover. And I think I wanted to tie in everything I've been watching in sports on this Blues Day recap with Major League Soccer. And the XFL just, to me, has been non-existent and how I compared that to the WNBA, college basketball tournaments about to pop off, this high school basketball national championship, NBA and NFL and NHL and MLB here on the Blues Day recap. I hope you enjoyed Thank you very much. We've got the episodes for our own teams in the leagues this upcoming week. Sangre Asul, ladies and gentlemen, bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue.